0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine?
1: I'm so good. So happy to be here drinking wine with you.
0: We are drinking wine here. 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. All for the love of the pod.
1: It really is. We, we are entering a new frontier. It took us a while to get going tonight, but we're here. We're, this is us.
0: Folks, we have so much detail to talk to you about this as we try to venture into video. For those listening on the podcast, we are trying to dabble into more video to post stuff on YouTube. And we are not good at that stuff.
1: It's like when you call, like you're making a reservation on the airline. They're like, hold on a minute. My my system is, and they describe what's going on with their system. You're like, I'm really bored. I just, I just get to the point. I want to make my reservation. That's what we're going to do to you right now is explain the technicalities. Yeah, we're going to,
0: we're going to tell you how (laughs) the sausage was made and it's, it's really not delightful sausage and Mm. it's a really boring story, but.
1: But here's what's not boring.
0: What are we drinking tonight, Catherine?
1: Champagne. This is not boring. Um, so we are, I'm so happy to open this. This is the Le Hert Frere Rose de Meunier Extra Brute Rose Champagne France, uh, non vintage. Show A the label again. Delicious bottle of wine.
0: Now, we talk about the labels all the time and the color of the wine on the podcast. Be sure to go to our YouTube page at the Long Finish. Subscribe to it so you can see the labels, you can see the color of the wine we're talking about, you can see our faces at 10 o'clock at night when we're taping, the circles under our eyes. no
1: makeup, peeps.
0: (laughs) For me either. You know, I don't don't go out in public without makeup very often, but uh, tonight I'm doing it. Thank you. Folks, it's episode 101 we had uh, grand aspirations to open the bottle of champagne on air. We tried it, and I realized I wasn't taping the audio. So,
1: but now here we are, recording, drinking wine,
0: and we are going to enjoy. Yeah, this every of wine. sip. So, the theme of tonight, for those of you who are, who are just joining us, maybe for the first time, the long finish. Catherine and I are married. Catherine, we we both own and operate Esther's Wine Shop and Bar. Catherine does it more now than I do, but we started eight years ago almost. Wow, yeah. Opening Esthers. And a few years ago, we decided to uh, start a podcast where we could talk about what it's like to be married and working together. But also, we just want to like celebrate wines and hosting and hospitality and tell you some great things to go get for your parties. Summer's coming up, so hopefully we can introduce you to some new wines. And and this is how big. we
1: hang out. Yeah. We hang out over a bottle of wine. Chance for us to,
0: to... Yeah, exactly. We have no time to do it otherwise.
1: unwinding and... I don't know. There's something about the conversations that you have over wine that are special. And it's also transporting us to a new place, a different time, different people. That's what's so fun.
0: We need to be transported, too. We have three I, kids. I really
1: do. I don't want to hear any more mom from upstairs, which we were.
0: In our previous taping that I botched, thankfully, a kid was screaming down at us. I think we, he was in a bad dream. We got three boys, as the, our listeners know, seven. Seven now. Yeah. We had a birthday yeah. last week. Let me, let me tell you about my life, folks. Tax season comes April 15th. Got to pay the man. Then I have two birthdays. Catherine and our youngest son, who's now two, they share a birthday on April 29th. One week later, our oldest son, who's now seven, he has his birthday, and then it's Mother's Day. It's quite yeah. the run for me. I have to work all year, basically, for this two-week run. But we it, there's a reason I'm bringing this up is because you know Mother's Day is a reason to celebrate. It's a culmination of this two week run for us,
1: and you can't let it drop.
0: I you will not let, let, it, let drop it drop. for You.
1: So I'm I this this is a little taste. This is not our full Mother's Day, but we <laughs> we're just dabbling tonight and telling telling you something great you can get for the moms in your family or the moms in that you live near or live with and. People that love rosé champagne. This is the one. I picked this tonight because if I didn't know anything about wine and I wanted to pick a bottle, I would so choose this. It has a gorgeous label with flowers on it. Pink and purple and kind of white flowers and like the white writing over. And then it's a gorgeous deep kind of magenta pink. So dark and pretty. I would just be like, My, I want to get that. And, and traditionally, a lot, or historically at Esther's, we have sold a lot of rosé sparkling around Mother's Day and in the springtime in general. Moms like it. Everybody likes rosé sparkling wine, right?
0: Rosé has had such a moment, obviously, for like the last 10 years or so. How has sparkling rosé piggybacked on that, or has, has it always been popular? Any thoughts on the sparkling rosé movement?
1: I don't know. To be honest, I feel like rosé champagne wasn't really part of that movement in the same way people don't ask for rosé champagne. They ask for rosé. Rosé champagne is in a different price point, you know? It's a lot more expensive to make. It's not a porch pounder at 4 p.m. when it's hot out. It's something, this is a wine, so enjoyable. It doesn't, it's not, doesn't take you know, a sommelier to enjoy it. It's just right out the gate. So fruity and fresh and pleasing. But, you know, it's not cheap. So you have to have the right occasion. And I feel like when people are splurging for champagne, rosé champagne is op- often an afterthought.
0: A lot of things to celebrate during this time. There's Mother's Day, there's college graduations, there's w- right. wedding season, yes. maybe engagement season. So Yes, you know, uh, ordinarily we'd kind of look towards more affordable rosés, but if you're in the the season of splurging or uh, you know special moments, this, this is the is one a time.
1: To look to. This is a time to treat people right. This is a time to treat mom right. Yeah.
0: Treating you right, mom, and we're also treating ourselves right on a Tuesday night at ten <laughs> o'clock because yeah. we just put three kids down. Yay! Yeah, high five! High five to you. We'll get more into the wine and the wine makers of this wine in a moment, but Catherine. Can you bring us up to speed on what's going on in your world? Obviously, you just celebrated a birthday. Any thoughts on another year around the sun?
1: Yeah, I had a birthday. It's a new experience to share the birthday with someone in your house.
0: Do you want to get into this right now?
1: No, I don't. I think we're going to get into this. Why? Why?
0: I'll let you. I'll let you go, and then I'll
1: listen. I, my birthday has always been very important to me, and my brother, growing up, had a birthday the day before mine, so we would often have shared parties, or you know, sometime a family celebration together, or separate parties. But I had my day the twenty ninth, and he has his day the twenty eighth. Well, now I share the same day with my son. And he's too, so he doesn't really know it yet. But it's going to be a bigger and bigger deal as birthdays become a bigger deal. And it's already a deal to me. I have to be like, wait, what part of the day is mine? It's kind of all him. So basically, my treat for myself this birthday was that I had um, a nap. That was the extent of my celebration. And the next morning at 8.15, I said, see ya. I'm going to the spa. And I'll be back in four hours. And that was my birthday.
0: For our listeners out there, viewers out there, we had a discussion about this. Because, you know, you don't, you've never experienced this. I've never experienced this. The idea of having to make two people feel special on the same day. And it's a challenge. And you and not had an open conversation about it. I mean, we may have talked about this on a previous podcast. But the April 29th, your birthday, was also the due date of our youngest son, and we kind of, you kind of said, oh no, please, any any day by, but that, and your doctor said, well, it's only a five percent hit rate, to hit, you know, for the baby. To I figured that would delivered. never happen. The exactly. other kids
1: were a week early, almost two weeks early, and of course, then it happened. You know, the one thing that's different is that I have friends from over the years who text me, call me, send me cards, and that um, there's nothing like that. You know, your your family and your friends that are far away sending you a kind message. And I don't know that that was like in addition to my nap (laughs) and seeing our child so happy eating mouthfuls of cupcake. That was good.
0: I will say it's a work in progress for all of us, especially for me. I'm I'm now going to give you both your own individual days something i'm having to learn but anyway that's just a little window into what, uh, what what is an amazing day in our in our family's life but it's also sort of a thing that we're working on because well you want to make everyone feel special
1: yes and then the very next weekend it's our oldest son's birthday so really we also have to work on the the middle son and you because the two of you kind of get nothing in this span of days so I don't know. The four-year-old, I think, is just, he's
0: over it. There's two types of people in this world. Maybe there's more, but to make it absolute, like people who don't care about their birthday very much, which is me, and people who care about their birthday very much, which is you.
1: Well, maybe this is a teaching moment for me to learn to get into your camp.
0: And a teaching moment for me to, to you know, honor it more. So anyway, I should say. Here we go. Because we're on YouTube now on video, people can see your face and you look great. Even though Aww. you're a year older, you look awesome. Thank you. And that's really been, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to drink this champagne because I'm out of three major events of the year. Mm-hmm. We've still, got, succeeded. still got one more. One more coming yeah. up. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> and that brings us to the wine. So let's talk about this mm. wine. Let's reintroduce this wine one more time. Let's show the wine to our viewers. And let's talk about who makes this wine and why it's so much fun and so special.
1: So special. This is the Laherte Herte Frere. So literally that means Laherte Brothers. Rosé de Mounier. It's the Rosé of Meunier. Uh, Pinot Meunier is the grape variety. Extra Brut. So that means it's very dry on the dry scale. This has only 2.5 grams per liter of residual, uh, of dosage. And it's from Champagne. And this is a, a non-vintage or a blend of vintages. Absolutely delicious. It also has on this back the disgorgement date. So this is the date that um, was taken off the lees and the crown cap put on, uh, dosage added, and that was November of 2022. So recent disgorgement.
0: And I just want to say quickly, we spent a bunch of episodes in the first 100 talking about champagne talking about these terms. So feel free to go back through the the Rolodex of our episodes and look for champagne related episodes to understand the terminology. Uh, if you have questions, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at the long finish, but we just want to keep moving with the conversation, but we're happy to talk about because it's so interesting to hear about the champagne styles. Each house is different.
1: Everyone is really different, and this is a very small grower. Now, I say grower, but I'm going to explain that in just a minute, but they have been making wine, the the Lahert family, since like the late 1800s. I want to say uh, 1889. And Aurelian Lahert is now making the wine. He's a young guy. He's very active in champagne and what's happening there these days. So he's the seventh generation. And I say grower. They started out selling their grapes, you know, in the late 1880s. And then one of the generations, one of the grandfathers switched it over and said, "Mm, let's make our own wine. And then now, because of the way the Napoleonic Code works, because of the way land is passed down from generations, everyone in the immediate family owns some of the vineyards. So Aurelian and then his father, Thierry, and his mother and his uncle, they all own vineyards. So They technically, each of the family members, sell to one of them. So this is not technically a grower champagne or RM. It is an NM, which is kind of like negociant or a bigger house that buys from other people. It just so happens they all buy from their immediate family, which is kind of a great little story. But they are in this cool little region called Coteau Sud-Epernay which is between the Cote de Blanc and Vallée de la Marne, and it's south of Epernay. And this wonderful book I've mentioned so many times on so many podcasts that we've done about Champagne is Champagne by Peter Liam, the leading expert on all things Champagne. He has a wonderful website. Most of the time, if you're looking up a Champagne, you will see like a quote from him. He knows everything and this book has incredible maps and stories and photographs it's definitely a keeper and a good reference book for any time
0: would be a mother's day gift idea
1: that would be so good i don't endorse amazon but you can get it on amazon pretty quickly if you guys need to rush it hurry it up and get a bottle of champagne with the book and then listen to our podcast together i feel like it's a great (laughs) idea slam dunk so, okay, they're really small. They own 10 hectares, but they have 75 different parcels, 75 different parcels in all, like all over in 10 different villages. Now their house, the winery is in Chavot couhort That's the village that they're in. And they have a bunch of parcels there, but they have a bunch of parcels in other villages. All the parcels that are really close to their home and in the village, they farm biodynamically and then insert of really... biodynamic since 2005. Everything else, the other five hectares are organic simply because it takes so much manpower. It takes just meticulous handiwork in the vineyard that they just aren't able to drive and be at those sites as much as the sites right around their place. But they are adamant about natural farming and no pesticides and no chemicals. So love that. This is also, what's special about this is that it's 100% Pinot Meunier. And Pinot Meunier is one of the three main grapes of Champagne. You have Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Chardonnay, and Pinot Meunier. Pinot Meunier is usually often the underdog, sometimes skipped altogether. And it's very much the fruity one. Very much the berry and bright one that gives lift and fruit. Now the Côte de Blanc is really known for Chardonnay. That's a region. The region of Vallée de la Marne is really known for Pinot Noir. And this region that they're in, the Côte de epernay is known for Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, but it's a little bit different because the terroir there is really varied. They have chalk, but it's softer chalk than the Côte de Blanc. And they have a lot of clay. Aurelian Lehert says there are 15 different kinds of terroir in his village alone. The Meunier is just expressive and fruity. What's cool about how they make this, though, is that the Meunier is treated three different ways. So 30% of it is Sanye. It's
0: a trio of Meunier. It's a, if it's you a trio
1: of Meunier. Thirty. Would you like some more I would Meunier? I love some. I'm sitting okay.
0: just listening to you like,
1: no, you
0: know, it's 1015...
1: Listen with bubbles.
0: Yeah, should put that closer to the mic. That's an ASMR. I think think I'm saying that right, the acronym. If that's an acronym, I don't even know.
1: So 30% is Rosé de Signe, which means that the Meunier, Pinot Meunier, which is a, a dark red grape variety is macerated so it's crushed and it sits with the skins and that juice that is sitting with the skins getting that color is bled, saigné to bleed, bled off and that creates a wine or it can and that's 30% of what this is. 60% of what this is is Meunier that's direct press so that's no contact with the skins just the white clear juice. And that's more acid and it's racy and it gives vibrancy to this wine. And 10% of this is red wine. So it's fully, the juice is fully macerating with the skins. It's spending a lot of time with them, getting all that juicy tannin and structure and color, which is why this is such a deep, beautiful Pinky color is because that red and this is true for so much of rosé champagne it really is some red wine blended with some white wine that's just true for a lot of rosé champagne but i think that's neat the way the three different methods that makes this really special
0: that's really interesting i think all 100 percent of that is um gonna be drunk tonight without question i thought for, sh- I thought for sure this happens all the time does it happen at, uh, at home to, to the listeners like you just want to open up for a glass and then It's it's all gone the next thing you know. This wine's delicious. And and one thing I want to say is I bet you there's some misguided belief that this rosé champagne might be sweet, but this wine is not sweet.
1: I think that is misguided. A lot of rosé champagne, to me, try tasting it with your eyes closed and tell me if it's rosé or not. And a lot of times you can't. So much of the time, the color is just more part of the style and it's so light and delicate and if you close your eyes you can't tell that it's rosé this is different i feel like there's so much fruitiness and richness to it i feel like if i close my eyes i would feel that like bright berry and orange peel and that little bit of biscuity character that richness i feel like i would know it's rosé champagne we have done another rosé champagne the vincent couche i can't remember what episode that was but another totally different rosé champagne that was as very very serious more like wine than even champagne but yeah i'm thinking about food now too well
0: you and i have dreams of going to bed early these days because as you all know our kids are just terrible sleepers right now we're in some really bad sleep aggression regression from every kid. Last night I saw all three kids in the night. Our two year old was in our bed. I slept with the four year old in his bed and our seven year old had a bad dream and came to talk to us about that. So We our-
1: have a permanent air mattress in our room that <laughs> someone is sleeping on every night. It's like musical bed. Who will be sleeping there tonight? Well last night an did, adult or child. We
0: did buy a, a full size bed Last night, a new a new one. Now for, we have another bed. Two year old. Yep.
1: We're just gonna keep getting more beds.
0: It's really just gonna be trading it around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a real treat for us to be up at, uh, late at night, but we're drinking something amazing. You talk about food pairings, two things that we always do on the show, as you all know. Ask two questions. The first one is food pairings for the wine. What do you think?
1: Well, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but it's just what I'm thinking about right now. I am Snickers,
0: thinking- <laughs> ice cream. <laughs>
1: No, <laughs> I'm honestly thinking about a creamy polenta with like a mushroom, rich mushroom on top and a, kind of a mushroom gravy. This wine is so, like I said, it's kind of got this like berry fruit, orange peel character. It's so bright, but it has this richness and biscuitiness underneath. So pairing with something kind of rich and earthy would be amazing. I could also go duck or some kind of pheasant or some kind of richer dark meat. I feel like that would be great too. We have this cheese, actually that cheese in there right now would be so good with this. It's like this Actually, Shana, our chef at Esther's, so sweet. Thank you, Shana. Gave me this really nice present for my birthday. Way to go for making me feel special. Three special cheeses from a local cheese shop, and I love cheese. And two of them are long gone, but one's still in there, and it's creamy, and it's got, like, grape leaves on the outside. This would be awesome with that because it's, like, gooey and funky. Yeah.
0: Well, I was just going to say, since, you know, maybe not everyone can access duck, polenta we can do it some time but
1: don't get me wrong i've never cooked duck and the only polenta i've That's ever cooked was like the kind in a tube that you cut off in a <laughs> in a puck i'm sorry chef jeremy fox but i don't know how to do it i
0: fact checked both of these this is true she's never made duck <laughs> or polenta so is there anything sort of like just like a let's let's whip something up maybe someone else is up at 10 o'clock at night during the weeknight wants to have this
1: I mean, really, I would just make some kind of like rich garlic, butter, creamy garlic, butter, no like, cream. Like a
0: souped up macaroni and cheese.
1: Yeah, but well, it's just let's see. Let's see. Let's put garlic, mushroom, olive oil, a little bit of butter and spaghetti. Sounds good.
0: Sounds really good. <laughs> You know, it makes me think of, like, we're, I mean, we're not even up that late. We're just old. It's to 10, 20. It makes me think of, like, New York nights. Obviously, everyone who's lived in the big cities knows that, you know, sometimes you get eat a little later. Blue Ribbon. We've had some great nights at oh, uh, Blue Ribbon. Other places where it's open until 10, 30, 11. But box, I could so totally
1: nice. have a slice of pizza with this. That would be fine. Boom. I mean, it's not, let's just, not the foo-foo pairing, but it'd be uh, so tasty. I could also have falafel. I'd be really happy with that. It's, I- a, it's, a, it's a very versatile wine
0: now I, I mentioned other cities where can our listeners and our viewers find you can find this, this wine?
1: wine you really can la hert frere i saw it on i mean
0: it's at Esther's, so that's your first stop
1: but i saw i've seen it online at other spots i know verve wine that has locations all over the country they have like eight in stock it, that's the thing you know there's not a ton in stock because it's a small producer. Well, let me if ask you they, this. It, there's definitely a bunch of little shops, Flatiron Wines, the little shops in New York that have it too.
0: Well, let me ask you this. If you can't find this specific wine, how would you recommend our listeners go and find a sparkling rosé for one of the biggest uh, big events for late spring?
1: Well, rosé champagne is a great choice. You can look to see if it's extra brute or brute. Those are going to be the drier styles. You can also look for Cremant and those we have sold the heck out of in the past at Esther's, and we often have by the glass. And Cremant is just, in France, sparkling wine made in the champagne method, but it's not aged as long on the lees or the dead yeast cells. So it has maybe technically less of that biscuity character, but it's still made in that in the method of champagne. And there are great Cremants in the Loire, in Burgundy, in Alsace. Now there's also rosé cava from Spain, and that is made in the champagne method as well. I'm not getting into rosé patnats or rosé prosecco. I have, I don't have I had a rosé prosecco? Is it a thing? I'm stumped here. I don't know. And probably all my wine friends are texting me, you Idiot. Let us know. The long finish. Um, yeah. Instagram. You YouTube. idiot. Here's the answer. But I love rosé pet nets. Uh, but I think, you know, a few years ago we did these three different boxes for moms on Mother's Day. And one was rosé champagne. One was very sophisticated but reasonably priced Cremant. And the other was like a funky pet net for the hip wine mom. And then we had a non-alcoholic rosé Sparkling as well, which is great. The Lights Einsfi Dry Rose Sparkler from Germany. Also a great choice, too, for non alcoholic rose.
0: There you go. Just a reminder to our listeners about Champagne and the Champagne region. You can only call yourself Champagne if you're grown in the region of Champagne. I feel like that's known by a lot of people, but it always bears repeating. Champagne
1: is grown in Champagne. Champagne is a region, it's not a grape. It's a region.
0: So the style of champagne can travel to other to other regions, but you can't put the word champagne on the label unless it's grown in the region of champagne. Yes,
1: the method of production can be similar in other regions, but they have different names. And what's special is that the second, you know, this kind of sparkling wine requires two fermentations. The second fermentation being in the bottle, not being in the tank or I don't know something else. Different vessel. It is in the bottle that you are getting. So that's true for Cava, and that's true for Cremont. It's true for Francia Corta in Italy.
0: No matter how you make this wine, you know, it's over my head to some degree. The wine's delicious.
1: No, all well, the technical stuff. The wine isn't over your head. No, the wine just, is this, just, is this is pleasing and yeah. wonderful.
0: I love it. So if you're out there looking for something for Mother's Day, look into sparkling rosé.
1: And really... I mean, I'm not getting paid for this advertisement, but this book, this champagne book by Peter Liam is so gorgeous. And I have this gorgeous box set that my sister-in-law and brother-in-law sent me, Lori and Brian, for Christmas two years ago. And it comes with a book, but not only that, all these amazing hand-drawn maps or old-style reproductions of these hand-drawn maps that are just gorgeous. I want to frame them somewhere in that other house that I'm going to have that's dedicated to wine things.
0: We'll put this book in the show notes as well. Lots of great gift ideas for Mother's Day, for graduation, weddings, engagements. So get into it. starting to get a little warmer. It's actually a rainy season may be over in Los Angeles. I'm
1: here for it. Esther's is really here for it.
0: Yeah, patio life. Here we go. All right, let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go first. I don't know if you know this out there in the world, but here in the entertainment world of New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Atlanta, other parts of uh, the United States, there is a strike happening. It's the Writers Guild strike. Writers are severely underpaid for the work they do and the amount of money that the studios are making, the streaming enterprises like netflix and amazon etc so the writers have gone on strike i am a member of the writers guild so i'm also striking and i'm inspired this week by all the writers i've met on the picket lines they encourage you at the writers guild to go to picket at the studios that are close to your home i'm very close to sony so i go to sony to picket and i've met a lot of great people in the days that I've been picketing, a lot of people from various departments, whether it's features or television, people with different personal stories, people working on different things, a lot of actors. I'm also in SAG, so I see a lot of people wearing their SAG shirts, people wearing their WGA shirts. Uh, my my thinking is that this probably will go on for some time, but it is um, full of good energy as we start. Inspired by the people that are making these frankly sacrifices every day everyone want, everyone wants to work. You know, this isn't us picketing. We want to be compensated fairly for the things that we create. but we surely don't want to be on the picket lines. We want to be working. so um, the silver lining is I'm meeting great people. just wonderful to hear their stories, the things that they're working on, their families. So I'm inspired by all of you, all my writer friends in the Writers' Guild. And all my SAG friends out there helping, supporting us. Thank you. Let's hopefully end this and get back to work soon.
1: Yeah, I, I'm happy for your connections. I feel like that's, that's got to give people good feelings, but hoping for a swift resolution.
0: I will drink to that, Catherine. Yeah. Um, Catherine, what are you inspired by this week?
1: Okay, so I am inspired by this, but also it's a call to all of you that are with us about this book called Wine and War, the French, the Nazis, and the Battle for France's Greatest Treasure by Don Cloudstrup and Petty Cloudstrup. We are doing this book for our book club at Esther's. It's the second Saturday in June. I hope you'll join me in person. We're going to talk about this book. We're going to get into it. We're going to drink wines from the book. It's going to be so fun. I just started reading it, and it is fantastic. I'm not a history buff. I have a lot of trouble remembering facts about things that didn't happen to me. I have no problem remembering facts about wine, but I'm not a big history buff. And so I thought, I don't know about this book, but it's so highly rated. I am so into it. It's fantastic stories, personal stories of people and what, where wine was in their life or how it was meaningful and just what role that played In their memories of these crazy, tragic, and heroic situations in life. So far, so good. Highly recommend, even though I'm only partway into it. And I really wasn't sure if I would love this, but I do. And I can't wait for everyone to come hang out and talk about the book in June.
0: You talked on previous episodes about how much fun the first edition of the book club was.
1: Yeah. Every book club out there, most of them right in the world, have some kind of wine. So ours is just, no, going to be partially about wine and then have some wine. And we're trying to pick books that that aren't scholarly. You know, I'm not going to pick this champagne book, even though I want to. I'm not going to pick books that require you to take notes. They should be books that are fun to read, but have wine as part of it. I think what's been interesting... Both this book and the last book we read, which was Adventures on the Wine Route by Kermit Lynch, talk about French culture and how wine is so much an identity part of who they are.
0: Just woven into the fabric. It of is.
1: And and that's part of living in the history of aristocracy. Like we don't have that here. We it's very hard for us to understand. But seeing that, it's fascinating. So please read with me.
0: Yeah, come join Catherine's book club at Esther's. We'll put that book in the show notes as well. So stay tuned for that. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it for episode 101. Episode 101 of The Long Finish is in the books. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. I, I just want to take one second and say thank you to Catherine for her patience. I was trying to set this up as an audio and visual a podcast tonight. We had t- we started taping it the first time and I realized about seven minutes in I hadn't taped anything at all. We're taping in our living room. We're trying to make it feel uh, you know, somewhat professional. So check out the YouTube page and see what we're working with and it'll probably change next time too. So, But thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or join us and subscribe on YouTube, hopefully that'll be a thing that we're growing in the future as well. Catherine, where can they find you in the long finish on social media
1: find us on Instagram I'm at Catherine Weill Coker and the long finish is at the long finish and the YouTube is the long finish
0: you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker want to quickly mention our archives we have some great interviews from this year we had Bobby Stuckey for episode 100 that was an amazing interview Catherine do you agree
1: oh I'm like been in awe of him for a long time so it was really special moment
0: we have matthew Kaner, we have tron carter from no laying up one of our kids is getting up right now so we're gonna get out of here thank you to everyone to listen for listening to the show until then be happy be healthy and happy drinking
1: ciao